So I teach. You know this. I know this. I'm a trainer by I'm a trainer by trade. Trainer by trade, yes. Uh, and I had one of those awkward. I, I had this terrible thing happen to me, and I, it, it's happened before. But this is like the most awkward it's ever been, where I I had I had a class scheduled, um, and like nine people were supposed to show up, not all but one showed up. Uh, which is frustrating in and of itself because when no one shows up, I can just be like, all right, bye. See ya. Um, one person showed up, but it's fine. It's a very short class. Uh, and and this person was like very respectful during class, had plenty of great questions. Uh, but as as soon as the class was ended, I I made him, I, the second I said it, I knew I, I, I had made a mistake. And I, I said, so do you have any other questions? Anything else I can talk on, explain? Uh, he kept me there mm. for the, to be clear, this class for a certification, this class takes a grand total of 45 minutes. So yeah, okay. the word class is generous. Um, we ended up talking for an additional hour and a half. Nice. Like handily. Uh, and about shit that had like on the surface level had to do with what I was teaching, but really had nothing to do with it. Like I was giving this person is this person was like an engineer who manages employees. And like, by the end of this, I was giving like a seminar on how to manage human beings Mm -hmm. Uh, and trying to explain to an engineer that there are some things that are just beyond our control. Oh my God. I, I, and like, but he just kept like, but like, what, how can we fix that? How can I was like, I can't like, I'm talking about asking life questions. Yes. Like he's asking me to solve the human equation. Like, and you are not equipped to train on that. No, God, no, I, my grip on this reality is tenuous at best. Uh, but that wasn't even the worst part. Like we got through that. I was like, all right, that took a turn. And then like, it was just kind of thing where it was like, it was just me and him in the classroom. I was like, all right, uh, so that'll that'll do it for us. I opened the door up, the universal sign of please leave. Please leave, And yes. he just sat there staring at me. And I'm like... Oh, my God. And, and I'm like, oh, it was a real pleasure having you in class today. He's like, oh, yeah, thank you. You were really, uh, really knowledgeable. He answered my questions. like, yeah. Just kept staring at me. And so you guys are doing this stare off of who's going to leave the room? Yes. <laughs> because I feel weird if I leave, if I have, because like, there's no one else in our training facility at this point. It is me okay. and this guy. So, like, I, I'm I'm also trying to Yeah, be you don't want to leave him un- unattended behind. Yes. Like, part of me is always like, will he just sit there in the dark? Like, do I turn off the lights? Or is he there for some nefarious purpose? I know. What could he possibly be engineering Mm. but yeah it was it was just so like it was the worst game of socially awkward chicken i've ever played good lord yeah like he wants to take over the classroom almost it seems like no the student has become the teacher he and every engineer does this when i teach them they will ask so many questions about so many things that have nothing to do and like i already touched on this but like 
Like, mm-hmm. they'll why you to death. I'll be like, oh, yes, this is the positive, this is the anode side of this capacitor. And they'll be like, why? I'm like, well, that's that's the As way. As if they are a, a, a small child. Yeah, yes. But, like, the problem is, like, they mean it in absolute sincerity. And it, has, it always sucks because at some point I have to admit, look, I don't get paid enough to know the answer to that question. Right, <laughs> I'm yeah. not an engineer. <laughs> Wow. Well, Eric, I I think you've set this guy up for success with the secrets of perhaps humanity. Yeah. The the uh pro tip kids, the answer to that question is we just have to accept that people generally on the whole suck in many ways. Of course. Now, so did you leave him behind? Who left the room first? Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> And he's still there to this day. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of You Didn't Ask For This, a podcast answering life's least pressing questions. My name is Matt Shea. My name's Eric Poach. And joining us today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome, and I'm looking at my notes here, uh, it says that this guest wanted to be just introduced as wife of podcaster. Lindsay R. Barr. Yeah. Uh, Presenting doctoral candidate and Mr. Lindsay Barr. And, and Mr. Hello. And yeah, Thank that, you. I, I have wondered about that. When you get it, it's not an if, it's a when. Can I introduce you? <laughs> I just go into the room. Dr. and Mr. Lindsay Barr. Can we reclaim yeah. some of it? Uh, that's actually the only way you're allowed to uh, introduce me or talk to me ever again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does Good. that also go for me as well? Yeah, we've talked about this. You're contractually obligated to only call me doctor. Okay, great. Sounds good. Uh, for everyone else that's not me or Eric, uh, this is Lindsay Arbar, uh, director, dramaturg, educator, doctoral candidate, and wife of podcasting uh, extraordinaire. Uh, Lindsay Arbar, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. How are you both? Marvelous. Now, Lindsay, um, as 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 a big fan of the show by contractual mm-hmm. obligation, you mm-hmm. have probably noticed you've come up quite a bit in this show. Yeah, I am. Uh, I have noticed a ghost feminist presence that seems to permeate all things on this podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you'd kick the shit out of us if it didn't. <laughs> and so, so sorry. It sounds like. Um, so you're coming out against that? You're coming out against uh, feminism on the podcast? Is that your first <laughs> no. contribution? No. I'm saying that there are <laughs> mentions of me, and largely they're only following a sentence where Matt says, something about the patriarchy, I have to say that or my wife would kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, follow-up question about that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, have I ever been wrong? Generally speaking, or in the podcast? Oh, very good comeback. I'm so happy this episode is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I meant, have I ever been wrong in those circumstances? I'm sure the answer is yes. Okay. I'm positive. (laughs) That is is such a good answer. This fucking show is off and running. (laughs) I'm positive. 
<clears throat> All right, Eric, I want to say uh, right up front, I think we've made a, a very large mistake. I am, I, I am euphoric, Matthew. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this great. This is everything I want. So, Lindsay, as, as you know, we here answer life's least pressing questions. Um, and I believe you have come prepared with a question of your own. Is, is that correct? Just one, but before we get to said question, I would mm. like to offer, as I've mentioned, because Matt and I obviously live together, I've said this to him many times, this is new information for you, Poach. I think it's garbage that your guests have to come up with questions. Frankly, that's your job. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just want the okay. record to show I've uh-huh. said this. Okay. Not all of us are as um, remarkable as Sarah Feldman. Very few of us are, including the hosts of this show. And now we get to the crux of it, following Sarah Feldman. Uh, Yeah, that is the real, that's the real pin here. Who could possibly follow Sarah Feldman? Who thinks in questions? It's quite remarkable. Um, Anyway, so I've only come up with one question because I feel that's fair compensation for my time in exchange for being on the podcast. Let let the record show. Let the record show. I find that to be fair. So. Here is my question, inspired by, directly from, the classic 2009 film. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? What Mm. fucking thing is that from? Oh, my God. Eric. 2009 seminal classic, The Hangover. Oh, okay. What? Do tigers dream yeah. of yep, yep, when they take a little tiger snooze? Okay. Ed Helms? Ed Helms, yeah, come on. I'm sorry. Do I, I know? saw? I want to say, first of all, I want to say on the record, um, I, The Hangover, one of very few, actually I think only three films that earns the distinction of a film that I saw in theaters three times. Uh, first off, it is worth establishing that we are discussing the the dream state of a snooze, not when a tiger is asleep, when they take a little tiger snooze. Ah, not good like catch. a not like a deep sleep. Like I'm, I'm imagining, like when they take a power nap. If if my if my dramaturgical research skills have fared me well, he does continue to say, "Do they dream about mauling zebras?" So that. The the, mm. the idea of a dream is canon, but I yep. I hear your question and I think it is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then like the that angle of it, the the mauling zebras. It's almost like a question of like, are are animals bound by the nature of their being? You know what I mean, like. I don't think so, because the very next lyric is, or Halle Berry in her Catwoman suit. Mm. Which is tangentially related, I will say, to them being of the feline persuasion. But could they not dream about basking in the sun on a rock on a lovely day? Swimming. Tigers fucking love swimming. Uh, They do, uh, I think. I have no direct knowledge. No, that's knowledge. true. Yeah, like don't if you're ever running from a from a big cat, <laughs> don't yeah, jump I, into a, a river if you're running from a tiger. Uh, yeah, I don't think no, it's no, the sorry, grenade yeah, law. Yeah, the grenade law. 
the yeah, like there, it's a myth, but you know, it, the it's an action movie thing. Like if something blows up, you jump in water and you'll be protected. Oh, but it's yeah. not a hundred percent right. No, is that no. something? Is that something that you've come up with, or is that like a? No, that's something uh, Hollywood we'll say. came up with. Yeah, it's a trope. Oh, I remember no. <laughs> distinctly from Batman, uh, Batman and Robin. Oh, so you want to take no. us even further back in? Oh, the Batman sorry, Batman Forever. Canon. In fact. Oh, even yeah. further back. Yeah, Sorry, okay. Yeah, when, when Robin, well, when you know that bomb was going to go off at the circus, where Dick Grayson tragically lost his parents, and Batman rolled the bomb down a roof somehow into a body of water, and it exploded harmlessly, even though I... it was designed to kill an entire stadium of people. It exploded five feet away from him underwater, and he was fine. I, like I that, think, Lindsay. <laughs> I um I, I was referring to the term grenade law, not the phenomenon of Hollywood making that part of a pivotal moment in action films uh, oh yeah sure i made it up why not yeah. <laughs> if there's yeah. one thing i'm good at i think it's yeah. taking credit for things that i didn't necessarily come up with or did yeah you know well, like just blanket confirm. take credit for it yeah. and deal with the consequences later back to the tigers what do they dream of so animalistic nature Halle berry in her in her Catwoman suit uh, sn- basking on rocks on a very nice day, swimming. Uh, yeah. What do you, I guess? I guess for me, like, is what is the question? Like, what we're getting as what do tigers want to dream of? Do you think that tigers feel as though they need to uh, elevate beyond their current station? Like everybody knows that the uh, the lion is the king of the jungle, but do tigers agree? Do they see a coup in their future? Mm. To what effect, though? Like, Well, who the fuck made the lion the king of the jungle? I'm now portraying the part of a tiger. And why am I objectively much more eye-catching than the, than the lion, I feel? Why am I pushed to the sidelines? I would also add, it's kind of fucked up. Lions don't even live in the fucking jungle. They fucking don't, Eric. They live on the plains. Well, then that is a good question. Why would yeah. the tiger care if it's all semantics? If yeah. there's not actually a hierarchical overlap between tigers and lions, why would they care what the lions are called? Tigers are self-assured enough is what I'm arguing. That's what I, I, I agree mm. with that so hard. Like, cause it's a tiger, A, but B, it's a cat. Like, uh, I can't think point. of a more self-assured creature on this planet than one of the most powerful big cats. Self-assured, yes, but also self-centered, I would say. Okay, a little bit which of a I think, con vibe. Okay. Which is, I think, a little bit of a tally in the does care about this artificial title that has been bestowed by humans onto a, mm. a fellow feline. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe the tigers, much like, uh, I won't speak for other humans, but I have stress dreams about my life. Maybe they're... Dream, we assume dreams are positive, right? Maybe they're dreaming yeah. about their slight in life placed upon them by the inferior yet more greedy human race. That's true. I I, I feel that. What 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 is yes, I, I like I like the idea of tiger stress dream about this, but I also wonder like what is the tiger stress dream equivalent of like showing up to a test not prepared? I can only imagine it's a herd of gazelle. Do tiger eat gazelle? Am I thinking of lions? 
Lions eat gazelle for sure. Tigers, I don't know that they care. Eat literally everything else. Then a herd of gazelle pointing and laughing at them as they're unable. You don't even have those dreams that like you're trying to get to something, but it's just out of your grasp. Oh my God. That's yes. their stress dream. They're like, I can and want to kill this thing, but. Have either of you ever had that like that most awful kind of dream where you're being fought by someone, someone is attacking you. And no matter how hard you like swing or flail, it's like your limbs are moving through like peanut butter. It's the most infuriating. I think you might be describing a form of uh, not sleep apnea. The other one that I've got from paralysis, paralysis. I think you're talking about sleep sleep. apnea. Yeah. No sleep apnea is the (laughs) one. Very different. Yeah. Um, Yes all that hardware but you are talking so because i also get sleep apnea but most of the time i just and fuck no sleep, you don't get sleep apnea <laughs> i don't get sleep apnea that i know of but i do get uh sleep paralysis and it feels like i'm floating towards the ceiling and can't stop like i'm like i have had some fizzy lifting drink to go back oh. to our previous episode you know oh. what i'm talking about oh yeah i feel you that's that. what it feels like to me like i can't be stopped but occasionally it does feel as though there is a presence in the room staring at me occasionally i've had a uh, this presence attack lindsay and i can't do anything about it i don't know if i've shared that with lindsay i didn't want to stress her out so instead i shared it here in a public forum okay no, i okay. think i've told you that before okay uh anyway uh while while we were discussing our dreams i did find the diet of the tiger from what I would assume is the definitive source for all things tigers, SeaWorld. They said... Weird flex, but okay. uh, Their diet of large-bodied prey weighing about 45 pounds or larger, such as, I'm going to skip the first one and come back to it, deer species, which I believe would cover gazelle. Gazelle. Yeah, for sure. Pigs, cows, horses, buffaloes, goats... And the much more intriguing first one listed here, moose. They can take down moose? Where, Where are the, the tigers are moose? encountering moose? Well, you didn't ask that with buffalo or, uh, or like something water else. Water buffalo, I guess. I but can like, see a, the, what? the also cows. What like, I don't exist. know how many cows are going around the savannah. Well, Savannah, in, in India, oh God, I am yeah. on fire with misspeaking yeah. today. Remember, tigers live in the jungle, the Savannah India. Desert. <laughs> um, moose, though. Yeah, is there like a pocket of them in Ontario? That there also There's... happens to be a pocket of tigers in Ontario. For... That, no, that, it's like I, should... that's what you're asking. There's yeah, a pocket yeah, of like... tigers in Ontario. Yeah, I'm like, I feel pretty good about moose. Are tigers an invasive species in Canada? Discuss. (laughs) (laughs) How would they they deal with that? If they were invasive, they'd be very polite and ask if they could come in first. (laughs) They're like vampires. The Canadian tigers, yes. The Canadian tigers. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) They're apologizing as they're mauling you. Yes. Um, Sorry. Weird other side tangent. You know what another natural predator of the moose is? Tell me. Bull sharks. Well, moose well that's because moose can swim. Yep. Yep. They'll uh, and and bull sharks are freshwater, brackish water, I can't remember, but they they'll swim in like rivers and shit. Ooh, brackish. Brackish. That's a Maryland education for you. 
That's someone who was born and raised in Maryland. Yeah, correct. <laughs> that is what I've held. They 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 hammered that home so fucking hard in elementary that there are three fresh salt and neither but kind of both brackish. And that's the Chesapeake, and you will love it. And you will worship at the altar. <laughs> but we will throw garbage in in the meantime. Yes, yes. Hashtag so, save the bay. Um, <laughs> the so, so in the meantime, tigers and their dreams. Have we landed on any particular... Because again, as Eric stated at the beginning, this is during a snooze. So we're not in full REM state, I don't think. Well, I guess you I, need to be there in order to dream. Not necessarily, I don't think. You can I have think like REM is, dreams. Yeah, I think REM is when you're like just in your deepest, most restorative mm. sleep. Not uh-huh. Yes, that's true. So, okay, so if we're dreaming now, but but could be awoken at any moment. What is the, is that a surface level dream of a tiger? Do we think? I, I, I think I, 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 that it's kind of like, I get the one that's not sleep paralysis where like, I suddenly get the, the sudden sensation that I'm falling out of bed, but I didn't. And then I jolt myself awake. Oh, sleep apnea. Is that sleep apnea? doesn't no. happen all the time. Oh my no. God. <laughs> no, sleep apnea is the one. I was with making the, a the joke. Pump. Cause no one knows what sleep apnea is. I know what it is. It's when you have to have that thing on you. Because don't you, you don't stop breathing, right? Yeah. You got to get that mask. The CPAP machine. CPAP machine. It's like the Bane mask a little bit. To bring that into yet another episode, but bring it back to Batman. People really stop Batman. This nap won't be very good. For you. (laughs) (laughs) For you. For you. Um... I think we're talking like super surface level because if they're only snoozing, I think yeah. we're talking about like top of mind tiger concerns. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I when I'm snoozing, it's always mm-hmm. like front of mind dreams. So I think we're talking like What was your you know, last front of mind dream? Well, when I took a nap the other day in the hotel, I didn't tell you this, but um I took a nap the we went to a wedding recently and I took a nap when he got there because I hadn't slept well the night before. And uh I, my dream was some man, I don't know who it was. And I, you know, you see people in dreams all the time that you like don't recognize. Don't know who it was. We were in some abandoned town and he, but he made me walk around the whole town with his daughters, but I had to wear a VR headset. So like I was really walking around, but there was someone who was like, no, 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 you can't look at this town, put on the headset. And I would put on the headset and then I'd be in this like digital ready player one situation. (laughs) my god and then i woke up so what is the tiger equivalent of that (laughs) uh yeah i'm interested how this how would you summarize that that top of mind dream for you as a top of mind concern oh i'm sure some psychotherapist would be like the unknown but the infiltration of digital media but i think it was just like i was staring at my phone i fell asleep Mm -hmm. i had this dream about a vr headset Mm-hmm. So what is the equivalent for that for tigers? I mean, if if we could uh, elevate the discussion just slightly, it could be the concern of their disappearing ecosystems mm-hmm. or worsening ecosystems. What if, what if they dream about like some some lion forcing them to wear a lion mane and then they have to walk around and hang out with lions? Oh. <gasps> yeah. And like yes, the, yes. the tiger so knows he's gonna get caught. Like it's one of those dreams, like where you know, like oh my god, this this is gonna end badly for me at any second. What's gonna happen? 
and like one of the lines is like why does that lion have stripes and then he like wakes up in a cold sweat maybe we're missing the very the very simple um the very very simple explanation that it is related to the tiger's best known uh not quality but characteristic the stripes mm. perhaps they dream of losing their stripes or even worse do they dream of mauling zebras or do they dream of becoming zebras oh my god a fellow but but lesser on the food chain striped beast do they have dreams like we do where you show up somewhere to give a speech and you find out you're naked do oh they my have god those dreams? they show up to do something and without they their stripes? stripes without their stripes yeah, they it. show up at the at the watering hole, sans stripes, and everyone's like, "Ah, Stuart, get out of here!" Ugh. And or fuck. Other... Yeah, do they ever dream that they're a zebra? Like, do they, like there, like there's a hunt, and then all of a sudden, the the, the tiger realizes, like, "Oh no, I'm the zebra, guys!" Oh, it's I'm me the, I'm hoops. being hunted. Yeah. Oh, I kind of oh. do like that. Like they they think they're hunting, but in fact, they oh. are the hunted. Thank you. Oh, thanking fuck. So ass. now that we've, uh, so I think I think that's it. I think we're yeah. dream- we've got stress dreams, and I, I do think they probably think quite a bit about suddenly losing a key def- def- defining factor yeah. of their selves. Them stripes. Them stripes. Well, Lindsay, thank you for the question. I did we answer it for you? Yes. Ah, oh, good. Thank you for bringing us that question, Lindsay. Of your you own so free welcome. will and enthusiasm. Yes. <clears throat> the only way uh, I do anything. Now, now, Lindsay, you actually uh, were present when this question was asked, this ne- next question. It does come to us from my mother, uh, who can be found and bothered on Instagram <laughs> as <laughs> at Stoyche. Sorry, I'm just going to real She'll love quick, that. I, I love the theme of this episode so far. It's just the women in Matt's life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you're. I, you know, I'm slowly putting that together, Eric, and getting concerned. It's beautiful about the rest of this trajectory of this episode. You wouldn't be the amazing human you are without them. Oh, Eric, you're right. It's true. You're absolutely right. I have to say that, or my wife will kill me. What makes a bar a dive bar? That's oh. the question. Mama Shay, I love this question so much. I feel as though most people are... Um, I, I think most people have a, a clear mental picture. When you say dive bar, mm-hmm. what comes... You know, something comes to mind immediately. Lindsay, what comes to mind for you? Dive bar, what do you see? It has to be a sticky floor. Got yes. To, oh, yes, absolutely. A dark, sticky floor... Preferably, if this bar could somehow be both above ground and below ground, <laughs> that's the yeah. diviest. No matter what, you have to duck when you go through the door. Something feels architecturally unsound about it, but yes, not to say the least with the sticky floor. Yeah. It was I, built when humans were shorter. Some of us are still short. I, and, and, you know, some of my best friends yeah. are short. So. <laughs> so kind of you to even speak to them at your stature wow. i know i know wow eric really coming uh, out against short people with the uh with just stereotypical tall people i can comments i can such say as these things some of my best short. friends are short people 
Jeez. I've got my uh, token short you girlfriend. Said my, you said fine. my girlfriend is short. How tall yeah. is his Sam? Uh, she's like fuck. Uh, like five five. That's Amazonian, basically. <laughs> I'm five two. Oh my god, I forget. Are you really? I'm like, I'm like your I'm, husband. <laughs> I'm five two and a half, so I tell the DMV okay. that I'm five three. Oh there yeah, sure, yeah. I have to put Got on my to. my actor's resume. I'm six six. I have to put that I'm six four. P, uh, best piece of advice I ever got from a from a director friend of mine is like, always put. He's like, never write that you're six six. Write that you're six four because six four is the is like the common breakoff point for leading man height for a lot of casters. As soon as they mm. see six six, they're like, he's way too big to be mm. anything. Oh yeah, I mean, well, as long as we're discussing lies on resumes, oh, yeah. I'm five eleven, but six foot sounds better, so that's what's oh, on my resume. Oh, goddamn right, babe. And I am six foot in any kind of footwear. Yeah, so it evens out. So it evens out. We're not bad people. We're so not dive bad bars. People. Sticky. Oh, oh, right. So the sticky floor. Let's talk about the bathrooms. Oh man, there is not. There are stalls. There are no doors upon them. <laughs> <laughs> you also say bathrooms as if there's always more than one. Oh, you're right. Thank you're you. right. Yeah. In fact, I think dive bars were like the pioneers of the unisex bathroom in that there is a bathroom and should, everyone is welcome to it. Should you be so lucky to one, find it yes. and two, be able to use it? Because if you it, have to like duck into the kitchen to get to it. Dive the bar. kitchen. Well, the kitchen at the very least yes. must be visible from the bathroom entrance. Oh yes, or or the office somehow of the of the, the yes. you know somebody at a computer is yeah. visible as well. Yeah, because kitchen is generous for a dive bar. <laughs> yes, uh, that's yes. True. Where, where they prepare the chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 so yes, I think if you're able to find it, uh, anyone is able to use it. Of course, uh, anyone is also at at liberty to place their own bumper sticker upon the walls. Oh, yeah. For their yeah. band or podcast, those, I assume. Yeah, those walls are international waters as far as graffiti is concerned. <laughs> I also think that you have to have a dive bar that has one of those, like, three, like, U-shaped bars that somehow is the biggest piece of furniture in the room, yet still not anywhere adequate enough for anyone to actually order a drink. <laughs> yes. Like it's yes. like you are throwing bows with people you've never met before in your life to mm-hmm. get a watered down vodka tonic. Well, it yes. Yes. Also uh, when I think dive bar, I also think like some of my favorite dive bars I've been to, they're all like in terms of room dimensions, they're super long, but they're mm-hmm. so narrow that you have yes. to be sideways the entire time you're moving through them. But, it's it, it's yeah, a you, single bowling alley lane. Yes. Yeah, yes. You, you Anyone needs to move horizontally to get around somebody else. Um, and there's no there's no good way to get through a crowd in them. No. No, no, no. Let's talk about the bar itself, the physical bar. Oh well, I talked about I talked about it being the biggest. Yeah. It's always a giant wooden thing that's also somehow sticky. Like, yes, you feel the like bar maybe is definitely sticky. Well, you feel like maybe the but like where it shouldn't be sticky, right? Like bar top, get it? Juice and yep. shit is 
being used, but like you'll sit at a bar stool and like put your hand on the edge and it's like, it's oh yeah. Cool. God forbid yeah. if you, those fingers curl underneath uh, the lip uh, of, the, of the bar. And a, a, a thing, a, a, this I specifically notice of dive bars in Baltimore. Um, the actual structure of that bar will usually be like antique. Like it'll mm-hmm. be, but that's mm-hmm. merely by virtue of none of this have having been torn down, despite probably should have been condemned years ago. Like this, like there's so much architecture in Baltimore from like the uh, from uh, like the late 1800s and shit that we still have by mere virtue of we couldn't afford to knock it down. So we made them into dive bars. Yeah, the not only are they like the bars are so antique that they're they are like from prohibition, but not even fr- from a speakeasy. Basically, like it's yeah. the same thing. Now it's legal, but they didn't update the bar. Yeah, it also has to be so. At least maybe this is Baltimore specific, but the bars are so wide. I feel as though I again, I'm very short, so if I'm allowed to even say this on this podcast, if I'm in, knowing I'm in mixed company, um, I feel like I must throw myself over the bar to get what they are handing me, whether it's like a check oh. or a drink. Like I always feel like I have to, if there's no bar rail, it's lights out for me. I can't. Oh my God. I have, always have to step on the bar rail to reach over to get, I know this is a world you've never even considered. <laughs> No, Eric just kind anything. of casually drapes his arm over and grabs a well drink from oh, I underneath can mix the bar. my own. <laughs> I can just reach over and under. No, I'll, I've actually done that. Like I've, I'll put when I'm in a big. You group. should not have actually done that. No, no, not that. But uh, when when I'm Eric's in a like, big, I mix my own drink sometimes. <laughs> when when I'm when I'm in a big group of people like like friends who are at a bar, I'll beacon of Gondor it for them. I'm like I, like I see someone if I see a Lindsay per se, I'll be I'll just like. I'll get my shit and I'll just wait for like the barkeep to start doing that scan and knowing he's going to miss the short people. And I'm just like, I just start pointing. I'm like, over there. There's one. There's one. If you see a Lindsay per se. Yeah. yeah. There's so much to unpack there. One, if you see a Lindsay per se, appreciate it. Two, doing the real work. Three, barkeep? No, barkeep. Oh, if it's Are... a dive bar, they're barkeep. Yeah, let's uh, actually, that was my next prompt. Uh, let's focus in on, we've already done the bar. Let's look behind the bar. Let's talk about that bartender. Yep. I think a, a defining characteristic of the dive bar bartender, in my experience, is annoyance. By which I mean he is annoyed by you oh, and yes. everyone else. Constant well, state yeah. of fury. And I'd almost say, especially if you're a regular. Mm. It depends on your order. I did mean to say if you are a regular, but I think it sounded like I said, if you're irregular, <laughs> which I think yeah. in either case, annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and agreed 100% with Lindsay. It depends so much on the order. Like if you I- ask them to mix anything beyond a liquid and ice, you are a piece of shit asshole to them. And God help you if you put in a food order. Not at the bar. <laughs> not not at the bar. There's that's a pro- window. That's what he there says. Is a he window says there is that. a window for you. I don't do I don't do food here. He's fucking do looking here. for a menu. He's like, no, here. let me get a menu. Go talk to Gwen. <laughs> you know, Gwen. No, I will say I think I you always have to read the room at a dive bar. Here's the yeah. thing. If you read the room and the it's a fancy dive bar where they have like a wall of liquor behind it, order your Jack and Coke. Yeah. Fine. 
if there are six bottles of liquor and you can't read the label, get your beer and move on. Yep. Yep. Oh, I give you pushback because there is on that because there there is an aesthetic. There is an I because of what you said, I don't even want to mention the name now. There is a very good speakeasy in Baltimore that does not label their bottles. But their bottles are all cool looking. They all no, look I mean, like yeah. they all look like you're having a potion. <laughs> and I like, like you can't see the label because they've been using the same bottle since 1982. Yeah, and they've oh, just I been thought you meant if they were all in the decanters. No. Okay, okay, okay. That's another key element of the dive bar. Sure, the bottle says Jack, but they've been <laughs> refilling that same bottle for decades. Yes, they've been they've been topping that off with water like this was an O'Neill play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, specific reference. Cool. What are you married it. to a dramaturg or something? Ooh, that if that isn't narrow casting, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very uh, narrow audience. God, and oh, also swinging back to the subject of food. If you go to the bar and try to order food, no matter what time it is, you will be told, make it quick. The kitchen's closing in five minutes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it could be six p.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you and you want to know what? They're probably not lying. The kitchen probably is closing in five minutes. Yeah. The kitchen the kitchen Gwen bar is a second away from a from walking out. Y- yes, yes. <laughs> like the the alliance between kitchen and bar is so tenuous at all yes. times. Yes. I also have to say there's so when I think of dive bar, I, I'm saying this only because I know that we've been there, but the dive bar that I'm thinking of. Oh, is, I think I already know what you're thinking of too. Is obviously the stable. The stable, yes. Obviously, yeah. The fucking stable. Now, Eric Poach, now that you've brought this to us, Lindsay, I do want to recall. I want to recall a memory that maybe Eric Poach has forgotten about. I guarantee it. Go on. At the stable, (laughs) we we once met with, uh, I think only one other friend actually. Uh, No, no, there were two other friends involved. Uh, We'll 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 keep their names out for redact their names to protect the innocent. Mm -hmm. We were discussing the possibility of making a theater company. Uh, And you, Eric Poach, were (laughs) this should be shocking to everyone late. And (laughs) when you entered, we had already begun the very serious discussion of starting this theater company. And I do want to set the scene. I come in. Okay, so you do remember. And these fucking. Yeah. Like. Three of my friends are sitting at the table, hunched, like, fast whispers, like, just, like, L, like leaning in, just, consp- but, yeah, go on, Matthew. I just want to, like, paint the, it's not like y'all were just chilling, relax. y'all were deep in discussion. So here comes Eric, m- m- I would say, marching across the stable. Go. I think if in my memory, I'm sure this didn't happen, but in my memory, you put one leg over top of the chair as if you were. Uh, oh, as if I were Riker. Yes, as if, as I was if Riker you were Riker. sitting in literally any chair. Yes. yes, you came in, you draped your leg over the chair, sat down, and said, "Well, it's not every night we conspire to commit murder." <laughs> But but at, at volume for like oh. you started speaking like while you were halfway across the room. <laughs> I spoke at that volume, which made people go, "Oh, is this one of those theater thing? Like, is this a, is this gorilla theater? <laughs> <laughs> is this a is this a um, uh, a devised a, piece? <laughs> is this performance yes. art? Yes. Uh. Well, 
I will say, I say the stable for people who haven't been, because it makes, it's everything a dive bar. The bar is way too big. Yep. The bartenders are always annoyed. They never, like, someone else comes and take your, takes your order. There is a window and for food. There's a window for food. And it is half underground, half above ground. Yes. Yeah. And the as you walk down those weird steps, which are hard to get down, to get into it, you do almost hit your head if yes. you are of a if you are a person of height. Oh yes, I'm acutely aware. If you're a you're, heightened person, Lindsay, you're either you're a heightened person. You're either going to crack your head open getting down the stairs, or you're going to trip and fall and impale yourself on the ATM that is precariously placed. Yes. Yes. The first the first one being for a heightened person, and the second one being for a Lindsay per se. Now per se. I don't want to give the impression. That we don't like the stable. Stable oh, fucking rules. Day. Oh, absolutely I, I, not. It's one of my favorite bars because A, food is also Yes. And the food is good. B. For a dive bar. Fucking pinball machines, man. I was just going to mention, yeah. they've got two pinball machines, and I do think pinball machines have to make an appearance at a dive bar. Some kind of, or, or those like old electronic gambling machines like you know what i yes. mean like those oh, digital yes. uh mm-hmm. slot machines yes. that that i've seen in both dive bars and in some like in some like really shitty like uh convenience stores yes i also and think it... no please Lindsay, go ahead you're the guest thank you That's i also like think that. that a tenant is that the bar will always but incredibly begrudgingly change the channel for what you want. Yes. I have vivid memories. Mm-hmm. Now this this is this bar for people who don't know is right next to Center Stage, which like is a really big theater in Maryland. But so there's theater people all the time coming in and out of it. I vividly remember showing up once to the stable on like a Thursday night and a group of Center Stage interns come in and just beg the bartender to turn on RuPaul's Drag Race because oh. the intern apartments don't have cable. <laughs> and so I remember like a bunch of us were just at the stable on like a Tuesday night at 10 o'clock watching the season finale of Drag Race. And the bartenders are like, I don't really want to do it, but fine. Yeah, but they'd be that way either <laughs> way. It could be a Ravens playoff game and they'd be like, fine, I guess I'll put yeah. it on. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and also a key, the stable specifically is bringing up another 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 staple of dive bardom that I think is important. Uh, it has like a secret section too. It's got like this yes. back row of booths that look as if they are carved out of like carved out of the wall. And you know the second you approach if you're allowed to be there. Yes, it's much cooler. Like temperature is cooler in this tube. Yep. It, it's like you're going into, you know, this, you see the Beatles for the first time in in this yeah. in this back area. But you will be forgotten. Oh, oh yeah. You've entered, yeah. You've yes. entered that space at your own risk. That yeah, is the you, price you, you pay. The, the yeah, your penance is you must then come out to get anything, and mm-hmm. then you'll be asked if you started a tab every single time, yep. because as soon as you go back in there, you are wiped from the bartender's memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. You have entered another dimension that they are shocked you return from at any given moment. Yeah, it's Plato's you want to start cave. a tab. You've had my discover it's card Plato's for four cave. hours. It's Plato's cave. It's Plato's dive bar. I would love to start a. A fucking dive bar named Plato's. Oh my god! Surely it must but, exist. You know what that is? That's located under Plato's closet. But it's but it's P L A T E dash O Plato's. Yes, play on words. Mm. Yes, Plato's. Yes, Plato's. Plato's. And they they have a signature dish. 
from the kitchen called Play-Dohs, which are just hot pockets that they don't, they also still are annoyed if you order them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, I think we've answered that question. Oh, yeah. Pretty thoroughly. It. Now I really want to go to a dive bar. <laughs> so that's the that's the sticky, messy, dark shit that makes a dive bar a dive bar. Mom. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? I, you know what? I've asked enough questions. Eric, yeah. do you have a question for this renegade guest that we have on the yes. show today? Oh, my God, yes. Uh, this is going back to your, your future doctorship. Your dottore. Dottore ba. Um, you know that the dottore is, is like a fool who doesn't know anything. Yeah, but like he knows. But like they're yes, <laughs> but I say it ironically, Lindsay, Lindsay. Don't worry, well, I will. I, I will never do you dirty like that on this podcast. You know, well, one you did, and two, um, I. Yeah, you're a Lindsay per se, not a Lindsay. Per se. Yeah. I, I just want. I just wanted the record to be clear for all of our theater history buffs. I know who are listening earnestly to catch up on your most recent theater history mistake. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, my question is: So you are in. You are mm-hmm. a doctoral candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the wildest shit you've ever co- heard come out of another doctoral candidate's mouth? Like when asking a question or like making an argument. Uh, just like in the academic setting, not yeah. That's a good question. That's a good question. Just want you to feel good about yourself first off before we launch Thank into you, Rowan, this, Eric. Um, yeah, that was very teachery. Excellent question. Very um, good question. Sometimes it's a little hard to answer because sometimes I just find myself like this is sort of a stereotype, but I find us talking about things that are like so abstract <laughs> that it it's like sort of intense to think about the fact that we're even thinking about it. Can we get an example? I, I know. Like, this is like quantum physics of theater. Give it to me. Well, we well in my performance studies class once, we um, learned about this German performance artist whose name is Joseph Beuys, B-E-U-Y-S, I think is how it's spelled. And he does like weird. I mean, like a lot of performance artists do like weird shit. But he would do like dangerous and like kind of unethical weird mm-hmm. shit. And so he once like locked himself into a room covered his head in gold and spoke to a dead rabbit for 10 hours and like people would come watch that but the yeah, one yeah but they did yeah. i'm buying tickets right now i think i think this is the one where <laughs> i'm on he, stub hub right now he like got flown to america from germany got pulled out of the um tra- like gets transported to the museum in a um ambulance so like on a stretcher his feet never touch american soil which is like what i thought i thought this was like so brilliant i was like oh my god he comes to america and his feet don't touch the soil what symbolism it's art and um (laughs) then he he locks himself into a room for like four days or something with a coyote and all he has is a cane and a wool blanket okay i remember someone someone saying like but the wool is like such a symbol of like safety and and I just remember thinking to myself like I think this is really interesting but like I can't believe I'm in a room with some of the smartest people you could probably be in a room with and we're talking about 
the genealogical American qualities of wool as if America invented wool. Like it was just like so <laughs> surreal. I'm sure there are, there are like a ton uh, of other situations. Also, I love that the, the question is, oh, yes, the wool is symbolic of safety and comfort. When at the first off, the first audience member for this wool of comfort was the coyote. Yes. I don't think the coyote gave a shit about <laughs> the symbolism of the. Uh... So what happened? Did the coyote eat this dude? The boys? Uh, he, didn't, he didn't eat him, but there are pictures of like after many hours, the coyote gets restless and angry, like all of these things. And the coyote does like there are pictures of him like sort of fending the coyote away with like a. Cane yeah, he was smart him. to bring the cane too, which yeah. I assume is symbolic of men's man's deterioration. Uh, over time, or I should say, well, a person's deterioration over time. I don't want I, well, to. Well, this you was know. the seventies, so I feel oh, like so man's deterioration ask him over time. If you've been like, "Hey, what is the symbolism of the blanket?" He was like, "Oh, I, I didn't want to be cold." And they're like, "Well, it's what about room? the stick?" He's like, "I didn't want that fucking coyote touching me. Coyotes are gross." And I assume I, the I, name of this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. The name of this piece was Coyote Boys. B O I S. Yes. B O I Z. Um, I, the only other time, like, so there are lots of moments like that, right. Where it's yeah. like, but, but a lot of it's with like high theory, right? Like we, you study a lot of theory that like makes you think differently about the world. Like there's a you whole start set ising. of theory. Yeah. There's like a whole set of theories about like words can be performative utterances. Like there are certain words in the human language that are performative, like Ta-da. <laughs> well, like the words I. <laughs> that's, how, that's how performance. In mockery of Lindsay's field in two syllables. <laughs> that's the title of her dissertation, actually. Yeah, actually, that's it. Ta-da, I'm done. That's the title of my dissertation. No, but like words like I, they, the, the, the theory, right, is like words yeah. like I do, right? Like when you say yeah. I do in a wedding ceremony, those you because the word is perf- is symbolic of a performative action and it thus itself is performative like when you say i do there's a consequence to that right because you could not say i do and then nothing happens if you don't say i do you don't get married mm-hmm. therefore by saying the words i do and acknowledging that they're performative utterances you give them like performative power anyway this is these are the things i study sometimes it feels wild but i will say that the craziest piece of performance art. I shouldn't say crazy. That's like not a great descriptive word. But we the get most, the most esoteric. <laughs> yeah, performance piece I saw was by um, a performance artist who I really like, whose name is Naomi Bustamante, N A O Bustamante, and um, she. Oh, what is the name of it? Um, I think I've got Bustamante in my thermos. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but she did a piece called Indignorito. Maybe in Dinorito. And it's a piece where she has a strap on that she, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that. It's not oh, a but... podcast. She has Whoa. a strap on. Yeah. That she How straps. dare you make a reference to a she... false penis? She, she, well, wait. She, so she has a strap on, but this, yep. the, what was a penis is a burrito. Hell yes. Hell and yeah. Taco Bell snaps. Hashtag fourth meal. So she, oh God. So then she, that will not be funny once you know the rest of the performance. Um, oh no. They, so she, it's like a larger commentary on like indigeneity and, and whiteness in America. So she invites, what is it? She invites men 
to the stage who be- who they believe have like privileged from being white and being male mm-hmm. and makes them eat the burrito strap on while it's I on was her. right. Hashtag fourth meal. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. Queen. But then you yes. get this like super awkward moment of like men who aren't sure like they're in a very submissive position, which is not how society places them. So like they they it's a really fascinating negotiation that happens almost wordlessly. Um, okay. But talking extensively about burrito dicks is not something I would have thought the PhD program would have brought me. Okay. Well, hero. I'm sure since you did talk extensively about them, I, I, I think you'll hopefully know the answer to my question, my follow-up question. And I don't want to, this does sound like a very interesting and socially relevant uh, piece of performance art. Um, my first question, and it's only because we already covered all of the very artistic and intelligent academic questions raised by this piece of performance. Um, those obviously came first before I wondered what kind of burrito are we talking about? Is this yeah, like a Chipotle burrito? Layer. Is this like a, or is this Ooh. like a, they took it out of the freezer burrito? That's a good question. I'm pretty sure that this, uh, you can watch a video on YouTube first off, mm-hmm. um, which I encourage everyone to do. It's very fascinating. Great piece of theater or performance art, I should say. But um, it was presented at a nonprofit. So. Okay. I don't think we're working with Chipotle here. No, Baja Fresh. <laughs> Baja Fresh. <laughs> Baja Fresh. And, and no, but for real, like Baja Fresh has like, Chipotle is going to give you a very chodish burrito dick. Like Baja Fresh has like the more phallic, I think, burritos. Well, I, yeah, I mean, if burritos. it was if it was Chipotle, you'd have this like the I mean, the girth is too much to That's handle. That's what I mean. It. Like, like it's, it's, it's just going to fall apart. It depends on what you get in your Chipotle burrito. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Whatever you put in that burrito is not like, you know, mouth. You know, it will not fit in the mouth hole by itself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You got to. You gotta work your way down it. I've never gotten a burrito at Chipotle. I always get burrito bowl. Uh yeah. Also, fun kudos to you. Like I think about your program. Like I think about what your what your path, and I get stress sweats. Like I don't know how you do it. Yeah, he he immediately enters uh, sleep apnea. I believe yeah. is what yes. the correct term. Yes. Is. Well, funny because uh, this this whole process just makes me not sleep. <laughs> oh, that no. is true. I do wake up in the middle of the night and see Lindsay on, and I think uh, most doctors recommend this activity to get back to sleep on Reddit. Oh, oh my God, Lindsay! I are, are you also on Reddit at two a.m.? Oh yeah, between the hours of two yep. and five a.m., I'm probably on Reddit. Yep, scrolling on my phone. Yep, I'm like make just sure looking for up. something to be angry about. Not me. <laughs> I'm over there floating towards the ceiling. <laughs> Matt, Matt is having a little tiger snooze, and I'm on Reddit. <laughs> well, Lindsay, as all our previous guests have, I do believe you have elevated the level of intelligence and professionalism of this podcast. At least for this episode. Yeah, what happens when I leave? You all go back to being, We're bringing being the right foolish back. people you right, were. We are, We're bringing it right yeah, back down to the right. level. We can't have this be, if you'll pardon me. The bar. <laughs> ah, get it, get it. When you did, when you did ask the question of what makes a good dive bar, I thought I could have made a bar joke, but I missed out on it. Uh, but you have dignity, yeah. But you don't worry. I, but I have. To, I didn't go for the low hanging fruit. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have to refer to yourself as a dive then, and no one wants that. No. No. 
Okay, you are All right. out trying I sense me. I'm going to be in trouble for that joke. Anyway, thank you, Lindsay. Thank, thank you, Lindsay. You. Bye. Okay, bye. bye. Okay, Eric. Well, now that we have once again talked to someone much more intelligent than either of us, how do you how do you feel about reporting on some weird news? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, am I going first? Are you going first? Who's going first, Eric? Uh, go on first, Matthew. I went first uh, last episode. Okay, okay. I see you. So this is a story from NPR. Ooh. So you know it's legit. Oversized goldfish are taking over one Minnesota lake, causing issues for local fish. Pesky, oversized goldfish are causing problems in Minnesota. Authorities in Barnesville, Minnesota, have urged residents and owners of pet goldfish not to dispose of the family pet in lakes and ponds. The city tweeted a warning that doing so has resulted in the takeover of one local lake by overgrown goldfish. Quote, they grow bigger than you think and contribute to poor water quality by mucking up the bottom sediments and uprooting plants, authorities wrote on Twitter. Groups of these large goldfish were recently found in Keller Lake. This isn't the first time Minnesota lakes have become overrun with these oversized goldfish. This is an ongoing issue, Eric. Last November, wildlife officials found thousands of goldfish swimming in Big Woods Lake in Chaska, a suburb of Minneapolis. I'm sure I said that perfectly correct. Yes. A team had to remove a truckload of 500,000 goldfish due to environmental issues caused by the fish. The problem has also cropped up in Boulder, Colorado and Lake Tahoe, Nevada, where researchers found thousands of goldfish in local lakes in both areas years ago. So, now we get to the crux of this. The act of dumping unwanted goldfish into local ponds is actually illegal in most states, including Minnesota, where the problem has recently cropped up because it is considered illegal fish stocking. (laughs) And it is turned up in every corner of Minnesota, as laid out in a piece by the Minnesota Conservation Volunteer a magazine from the State Department of Natural Resources. Uh, goldfish are considered an invasive species, to bring, this, uh, to bring that right back around from earlier in the episode, that uproot underwater plants and compete with native fish for food and shelter. Speedy reproducers, the fish can live up to 25 years and are a real pain to remove. And Eric, you got to see the, oh. the size of these fish. Yeah. I'm going to drop uh, a photograph, or I'll drop the article in the chat here real quick. Yeah, and, yeah. of course, folks, we will, put this, um, we will put this on Instagram. Holy shit. Look at the size of this fucking fish. Oh, my God. So uh, w- you'll see it on Instagram, folks, but w- this fish is like a two-hander that they've got. Yeah, it's a, large the size of a fish. football. Yes, yes, it is. It is football size. This goldfish. God, even the goldfish doesn't look like looks like he's like I was not meant to be this size. No, its head is like so much smaller uh. than the rest of its body. Now I don't know about you, Eric, but I, I have had experience with a long living goldfish when I was a kid. At, you know what? Like I don't know if your school did this, but we'd have like a. Like a like a fair outside. It was like an evening activity. You went yep. with your parents. There's like cakewalks yep. and stuff. Yep. And I won a, a 
a fish in a bag as a yep. as a gift in a little fucking Let's give bag, this probably. living thing to this second grader. Yes. And I and it turns out that this has happened to me a couple of times in my life and it turns out I'm pretty good with these types of living things because this fish lived for years, literally years, probably like 3 4 years. Holy shit. When normally goldfish like die within a week, soon. they're like the hermit yes. crabs of fish. Yes. Well, so uh, and uh, my fish's name was Poseidon. <laughs> so he lived up to his name, this tiny little I goldfish. like to think that he was in his little bowl just going, Matthew, release me into the lake. Unleash my power, and I will make thee king. Take me to Lake Tahoe <laughs> so I can be with my father. No, the so yes, that and did you when you were a kid, did you have like a for like for like Earth Day, did you get like a little tree by any chance? No, goodness, no. Okay, so we received little evergreen trees uh-huh. in like the, I mean, they were real little, like sapling. You know, not that's even that's generous. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. the size of your hand. The bottom, but the bottom has like a little pack of soil in a bag. Okay, and they were like, take home these trees and plant them. Okay, so I did, and the tree not only grew, it grew so large, we had put it next to the deck, and we needed to move it because it was becoming too big, and my dad was concerned that the roots were going to start affecting the deck. So we moved it out in the middle of the yard where it is now still living, and probably I'm going to estimate 12 feet tall. Holy shit. Uh, And, like... I if I actually don't think that's an uh, exaggeration. That might be undercutting <laughs> the, the height of the tree. Uh, it is very big, but it doesn't get sun on one side, so it's very lush on one side of it, mm. and the the mm-hmm. other side is like brown and barren. <laughs> but it's still there. It's still I. So what I'm saying is, I breathe life into things. God damn! Yeah, you do. Anyway, that's my story All of right. goldfish in Minnesota for you. All right. Well, Matt, I'd like to I'd like to take you back. Oh, take yes. A, take, just take a lovely stroll down memory lane. How do I know what, what lane we're going down? <laughs> we're walking down the lane to March 12th, 1964. Oh, 64. Canastota, South Dakota. It's the Canastota Clipper. So we are. Uh, I will again be reading from the tail light. So this is the, the news it. coming from the grade school kids. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit we're gonna hear some. Uh, I'm actually gonna give you two. Normally I do one. I'm gonna give you two just so we uh, just so I can demonstrate the uh, the difference in in writing styles between the classes. We're gonna start with uh, some second grade news. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. <clears throat> we have a new bunch of library books from the Bookmobile. <sighs> Some are new books. One is about George Washington. Colleen Lamberts had the misfortune of breaking her collarbone a few days ago. She accidentally tripped while playing. This was very painful. A shot in her left arm made it more painful. Oh my god. She missed school for three days because of the accident. We have changed our winter scene to an Easter scene, but we did not change the snow. (laughs) 
We hope to do this sometime soon. We have review words in phonics using long and short vowel sounds. We have also reviewed many blends and diagraphs. Sh, ch, and wh. <laughs> Dean Whitcop has been absent due to a bad cold. We are reading Old Yeller by Gibson for our mm, mm-hmm. opening exercises. We are also reading Adventures of Robin Hood when we find time. <laughs> we enjoy our weekly readers every week. We learn about many new places and things. So that's second grade. Uh, I want to say <laughs> a couple of things. Yes. One, I love that your treatment of 1964 hasn't changed from like 19, 1870 or yeah. whatever we began. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do love that. I also want to say I relate to this second grader's excitement because is the best day of the school year not the Scholastic Book Fair? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I lived mean, I miss the Scholastic Book Fair so much. I would go to – they should bring it back for adults, but uh, – Yeah. And and have it have it be a I want to make a, a bookmobile for adults. Yes, have the bookmobile come by. You know, you thought I got excited about an ice cream truck? Holy oh shit. Oh, my God. But yeah, like have the book fair, maybe with some wine, you know, or a brewer. Do a copro with a brewery, you know. Yes. Get some. Get have it. Have it at a brewery. Uh, have them sponsor it. Ah, uh, yes. Get those fucking big metal bins. You know those those yep. foldable lockers of books that came. Yep. Yeah, I I I can only describe these second graders these these Canastota second graders as haunted. Um, oh, I, it's yes. Whereas the third graders, Matthew, ah, yes, I'm just gonna graders. hit them very quick. There, theirs is not as long, um, not as verbose. The uh, third graders, I've noticed that while the second graders are hunted, or sorry, mm. I've noticed that while the what? second graders are like haunted, <laughs> yeah, there you go, they're haunted. Uh, no, it is the third graders who I feel like they're being hunted, like there is, there oh, is, I can God. hear the knife in the back. Of these children. Ready for this? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We wish to thank Dr. and Mrs. Irvin Ottoman for showing us the pictures of Hawaii. We all enjoyed seeing the pictures, and it was very profitable to us in getting to know more about one of the more recent states. Thank you. (laughs) Patty Bergen has a birthday party February 27th, and her treat to us was homemade cookies. We are grateful. Our work in social studies finds us busy studying about banks. In arithmetic, we are working division problems at the present time. Some find this work rather difficult, so we will spend more time with division problems. Language work finds us working with sentences. Like, they are just giving you... Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it sound, they do sound like they are hostages. Yes. This is, a, this is a, please, God, no, we are, we are towing the party line. Please. Yeah, really? Wow. Well, I, I am only... More and more curious as we progress in the, because clearly, you're you're slowly bringing us up to speed on the comings and goings of Canastota, South Dakota. Yes. Uh, and I, you know, I I have yet to see a listener uh, from there, but when we finally get some uh, locals to be listening to this show, ooh man, we are, are they in for episode upon episode of of 
treats. I cannot wait for the day we get like a we, we get a letter, not a call, not a tweet, not an email, a letter hastily written saying forget about Canastota, South Dakota. Yeah, it might be a um, cease and desist. Yep. Uh, well, on that note, uh, folks, you have just spent another wonderful hour with Eric and I here on You Didn't Ask For This. Uh, as always, we do need your questions, so please submit them to us wherever you would like. You can email them to us at youdidn'taskforthis@gmail.com. You can also just ask it on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. The handle is you didn't ask pod. That's the letter U didn't ask pod. If you haven't already, please drop us a review on whatever app that you are using uh, to listen to this show. Just just say something nice. If you got something bad to say, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, Eric, yes. do you uh, have any notes for the audience members? Oh, any feedback? Um, you could have listened a little more intently, mm-hmm, uh, especially mm-hmm. like we had some particularly funny bits. Uh, I think my my bar pun was particularly good. I don't think you laughed at, as hard at that as you could have, audience member. No, so, you were busy trying to make that hard right turn off of the interstate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't blame you for that. But just yeah. try to, if you're going to pull focus uh, or, you know, focus on multiple things, then focus on everything. Yeah. Okay? Also, find your light. Yeah, please. Find, find your light. Find your space and take it up. Yeah. I say that with love. But, yeah, that's all I've got. Great. Well, on that note, friends, we will see you next time. My name is Matt Shea. My name is Eric Poach. You didn't ask. But may the wool gather around your shoulders and keep you warm, and may the stick keep the coyotes at bay. I don't know how to play Well, it's good life advice. Like, what do you, what, what do you fuck you want from me? <laughs> I don't know how to play off of that. I... <laughs> There ain't no playing when there's a coyote in the room, Matthew. (laughs) That's right. It's all fun and games until the coyote gets out. Yeah. (laughs)